The reading is taken from Malachi, chapter 4, and can be found on page 962. Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. This is the word of the Lord. If you feel comfortable to do so, would you please um, stand and uh, everybody else remain seated. So we'll find the gospel reading on page 156. From Luke 21, beginning at verse 5. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues, and put you in prison and you will be brought before kings and governors on account of my name and so you will bear testimony to me but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, 
but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and win life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Loving God, thank you for your word, uh, which is always uh, timely and comes to us uh, in the here and now even though it was written so long ago. Open our hearts, Lord, and minds to your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please do be seated. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. What a text to have in in a week that we've had. And today we find ourselves as Christians caught up uh, in a multifaceted endeavor um, of remembering, of lamenting, and hoping. And it's right to remember, to be thankful and sorrowful for those who went to war, um, whose choices ahead of them, uh, was, there was no good choice, you know, in that sense. There was no choice for peace. They went to war uh, to fight against evil, and many did not return. And yet, <clears throat> who of us could argue with the fact that war and violence continue to be our sort of primary modus operandi as the human race, the main go-to solution in order to solve our issues with one another. You know, all you have to do is turn on the news, and that's fairly evident. You know, in a week where we saw Donald Trump elected as president, whose, one of whose primary campaigning slogans was build a wall. Uh, we can be in no doubt that we as human beings continue globally to struggle with one another as human beings across our differences. Uh, our desires and our prejudices come to the fore all too quickly. So we remember and we lament. We say, how long, Lord, uh, before we see your justice roll down like an ever-flowing stream? In Jesus' time, as was read in that, sorry, (coughs) excuse me, as was read in that Luke passage, amazing passage, Jesus could see was very good at reading the signs of the times. And he could see a great time of persecution was coming. 
He saw that the way that he lived life as one who was truly human, living consistently out the purposes of God, that that was going to get him crucified. Because that's what happens to people who live like Jesus in this world. That was the only way that was going to go for him. And he saw that persecution and unrest was coming for the Jewish people and for those who were Christians. That Rome, the great oppressor, was going to want to assert itself very strongly and that their world was going to be devastated. Jesus saw that coming uh, because the message of Jesus is a direct threat to powers like Rome, to demagogues, uh, who are those people who manipulate and who appeal to popular prejudices for their own advantage, those who seek to establish rule by force and violence. Jesus' message that violence and hate and abusive power are not right and will not last in God's world, that they will be defeated in the end, come what may, directly challenges those whose way of seeing the world uh, puts people in categories of them and us and then seeks to make everyone us by force. And those who will not become us are to be exterminated or excluded. Jesus' message that we are to seek justice and that that means that everyone has a voice and a place within society, not just the rich and the powerful. These were directly things which Jesus was encountering in his Uh, day-to-day life, Uh, and that it is his message that it's incumbent on us uh, or on those who find themselves rich and powerful. Uh, It's incumbent upon us to level the playing field, to use our power to speak for the marginalized and the oppressed in our societies. Jesus' message about that was not popular then, and it is not popular now. Uh, Rome's way was to assimilate or exterminate. It's a bit like the Borg in Star Trek, (laughs) if you've ever uh, come across that. I think it, it is, it's that assimilate, become like us, or if you will not, then we will get rid of you. Everyone was to come under Roman rule, um, and those who would not become Roman would be executed. And of course, Rome's way of working worked very well for the rich, and uh, not so well for the proletariat, you know, those of us in the rest of the, uh, the world. Uh, but the rule was, you speak up, you stand against, and it's the crucifix for you. The crucifix, which was called the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. That is the way that Rome bought peace, to 
do it by force and violence. Conform, assimilate, become like us. Or it's the crucifix for you. And of course, we saw this way of working in the great world wars. And there are signs of it in our world today. Jesus says that people will hate us for speaking in Jesus' name. And that in the face of this hate, Jesus says we're to expect it, uh, we're to expect resistance, and we're to expect to be a laughing stock. In most of my experience as a priest in my day-to-day life, It's really joyful. There's lots of fantastic things. And I'm very grateful to be in a part of the world, um, in Harrow particularly, where I am received quite well in most institutions um, or amongst people just generally. Uh, Partly, I think, because Harrow is a pretty religious place. There are people of many faiths here, and so being an active Christian in Harrow um, doesn't raise too many hackles. It might be a bit different in some other, uh, you know, slightly more elitist places in the country uh, where faith is hoped that it will somewhere go away and die in a corner. Uh, But here, people tend to be glad to see the priest. And I'm genuinely grateful for that. And a lot of what I experience is really hopeful and joyful. But if this um, kind of political year in our globe has taught me anything, and this is regardless of who we vote for or, or where our political preferences are, but it has taught me that to speak up for the oppressed and especially for those people who uh, people think are the undeserving poor is still a radical action. Actually, that's been a bit of a surprise to me because I work in a place and amongst people where that's actually quite a common part of our culture. But I've been hearing uh, more and more that this is not our general culture. This is not anymore our generally understood way of being, that helping those in need is no longer assumed to be the right thing, the good thing, the normal thing. I think what we need in today's society is a fresh injection of prophetic witness. Prophets who will point out the signs of the times and who will call people back Uh, to living lives radically full of grace and with the direction of our lives towards those who need our help, our solidarity, and are choosing to speak up for those who are unable for whatever reason to speak up for themselves. I want to be, as a Christian um, and as a priest, Um, someone who sees the best 
in our society and in people around me. And also who is intentionally looking for signs of God uh, amongst us and amongst our society. And sometimes those things come into conflict. Because I do see more and more powerful people choosing to not look out for the poor, whose primary choice-making method um, is what is best for them, rather than how do we all live together in a way that we can all flourish, uh, and that that may mean some sacrifice. So the question is this morning, what are we going to do about this? Uh, Because here's the kicker, and here's the bit where we talked about, you know, this is a a collective action of remembering and lamenting and hoping. And here's the hope. It's you. (laughs) You are the hope. Look at the people next to you. You are the prophets that are needed in this place, in this town, in this nation. Jesus says that it's normal to expect resistance to the way of God. Recognize it, but don't let it become your narrative. Don't become cynical in all of this. There's a guy called Bill Hybels, who a long time ago now, probably about 20 years ago now, uh, said that the local church is the hope of the world. Quite a grandiose statement, isn't it? But I do believe it. So that's you. (laughs) God has no plan B in this part of Harrow. You are it. Just take a moment to think about that. That's hopeful. You might think, (laughs) oh, what has God done? But that's you. With our lives, we must write a different narrative than is being writ at the moment, especially in our media. Our narrative is to be one of love and peace and seeking justice. You know, demagogues will come and they will go. They do not get to shape the ending of the story of the human race. No matter how loud or orange they might be. Uh, Who knows, I hope, you know, that we pray for Donald Trump because that's our calling as Christians to do that. And my hope is that he's a different president to the type of candidate that he was in the kind of uh, election campaign which he ran which was about building walls and division. But there is hope. There's always hope, even for Donald Trump. But regardless of that, in the end, he will pass. All of this will pass. The Bible says that the things that will not pass, the things that will remain, are faith, hope, and love. These are the things which will shape the end of the story.
for humanity. Between now and then, our job is to live in the light of those truths and say those are the things which matter, those are the things which stand. To live prophetic lives with our mouths and with our bodies uh, which speak of those things. To wake up and be aware of the reality of the signs of the times, the markers of our society and our world and what's happening in it, but not to grow cynical and despondent. Uh, Because the truth is, as Christians, we have a sure and certain hope. His name is Jesus, and he is the Lord of love and the only King of the cosmos. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays.